0: My name is Bobby Payne, and welcome to episode number thirteen: How to Find Joy in Christ. With me today are Pastor Aaron Case and Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, and we are a man short today, gentlemen. Yes, we are. We
1: miss G. We definitely will miss G. We miss G. (laughs) G.
0: We've given G vacation. I don't think he misses us. He doesn't. No. Not where he is at. Not where he's at. No. No. Not a chance. Bless him. So we pray for him as he's... uh, Struggling for the kingdom. (laughs) Yes. Well, he does
1: have sand on his hands. So that's a struggle for sure, at least for some of us in the room. We know if Bobby were to make hell, it would be a sandy place. (laughs) Very sandy. Fire? Who cares?
2: Sand? Sand between (laughs) the fingers. That's unbearable.
0: (laughs) So today... We are talking about how to find joy in Christ. So let's just, let's just go right into this thing and talk about how we find that, where we find that. Uh, we got some good stuff coming today.
2: Yeah, I'm just really surprised that it's a topic because I don't see anybody struggling with this. Uh, no, just kidding. I, yeah, I, I think it will be helpful, Lord willing, um, today to talk about joy because in reality, um, and this, this isn't a cut on folks, but in reality, more folks are on medication and depressed right now than ever before in in our history. And so um, I think a very large key to overcoming that is to understanding joy. You know, I know uh, there are various levels of, of difficulties that folks deal with and things like that, but what's really sad is just, I mean, all of us, all of us go up and down on the roller coaster in our life and we we have these great times of victory or we feel like we're in the valley longer than others. But what's really sad is I've, you know, we've all noticed that folks who um, just never seem to have that joy, you know, they may be in church, they, you know, but everything's just always so negative and there's always just so, I don't know, just like a, a judgmental in the wrong way kind of spirit like it's always picking apart. There's always just woe is me there oh, I'm, just so overwhelmed like it's and it's not like it's once in a while. It's just this continual It's this continual lifestyle it becomes and it's so defeating. It's not it's not easy and I know we've all been there And so that's our prayer today is because we've seen it. We've lived it in our own lives um, We just want to see people get some victory um, by the truths of Scripture, to move forward, understanding that there is joy in Christ, no matter what situation we find ourselves in.
0: So, where let, we'll start here: Where do we find our joy? That seems like an easy question for the reason we're here today.
1: Where do we find our joy? Yeah, the. I mean, the the simple answer is the Sunday school answer, right? Just it's it is Jesus, but that's the I think the kind of the fight that we're always in, you hear it a lot in Christian circles. And I think it's a kind of defeating mindset is that we have to deny, deny happiness, deny almost deny joy for the sake of following Christ. And I, and I get that to certain extents because, but I think we need to maybe rearrange how the phrasing is. We needed to not deny what would give us maybe temporary happiness that leads to ultimate destruction but there's there is joy in christ we're we're created to be happy and joyful god created us that way uh that's why we we think and feel uh that's why you know the corruption of sin affects what we think what we feel what we find pleasure in we're 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 creatures that are meant to find satisfaction and so it is meant to be joy in christ and you know, I, I would, uh, we we kind of talked beforehand about how long it'd be before I bring up John Piper, but uh, so <laughs> I me take Let me take a drink of my water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I made it <laughs> 40 seconds into my <laughs> talk, um, but, you know, John Piper, if you're unfamiliar, is what, what would be defined as a Christian hedonist, you know, so uh, hedonism is the idea of drink, eat, drink, be merry, you know the the idea that you know we are creatures of pleasure but then you know and that that is wrong without a christian perspective Mm -hmm. but there is a christian perspective to it and i really like just the simple definition he gives he says christian hedonism is the conviction that god's ultimate goal in the world his glory and our deepest desire to be happy are one and the same because god is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him Not only is God the supreme source of satisfaction for the human soul, but God himself is glorified by our being satisfied in him. Therefore our pursuit of joy in him is essential. And I think that's a really solid definition. Like, so we're, we're called to pursue joy in Christ. So pursuing satisfaction is not a bad thing, but pursuing it in the wrong things, that's where it becomes sinful, wrong, evil. Uh, But there is a, a perfect and good way to, to do it.
0: Yeah. I, I think we get confused sometimes on what joy is. And we think that joy is walking around with a smile on our face, nonstop, you know, big cheesing all the time. Um, I got a couple of <clears throat> definitions. First off from the dictionary, joy is the emotion, ev- the emotion evoked by well-being, success or good fortune, or by the prospect. And I like this last part that it added on by the prospect of possessing what one desires. Well, what's our desire? Our desire is to be more like Jesus. Yeah, I mean, and so that should be what brings us joy. Biblically, I got this definition that I kind of just jotted down. I would say that joy is being able to react or respond with delight because we know, and this kind of goes with what you just said, Johnny, because we know that God works things together for our good and for his glory. Mm-hmm. And so that that's the, that's what our joy is. It's, it's knowing, like you said, despite what's going on, that God is in control. God is sovereign. We say that all the time here.
2: Yeah. yeah amen. It, it's the thought of one of our most used illustrations in scripture is, you know, when Jesus is asleep on the boat and everyone's freaking out, you know, he, he has peace because his trust is in his father and his hand upon our lives. And, and we, can, we can glean a lot from that because honestly, whenever, whenever we're lacking in joy, there's a really good sign that we're not trusting Jesus somewhere, yeah. right? Like there's a sign that uh, there's sin crept in. There's something, you know, there's neglect in our lives, in our relationship with Christ. And the beauty about Jesus and, and our Father and the Spirit as they work together is um, loving us enough to chastise us, to lead us to truth, to say, no, I don't, like, like Johnny was talking about the commandments, like I have more for you Than these temporary, you know, flickers of joy, I have an eternal joy that will last throughout anything that you experience. And so it doesn't matter, literally, if the storm is raging, you trust yourself in the hands, as you said, Bobby, of a sovereign king.
0: Yeah, we, basically, we have to stop looking at earthly things to bring us joy, because there may be some temporary pleasure, um, but it's not going to sustain joy for us as Christians. Right. Right.
1: I think when you go back to even the garden, the, what you see from the beginning, the, the fall of man is the, the serpent is not offering something that's outside of what God gives. He's offering a corruption of what God said. And so we're the ultimate thing that, Eve struggled with and that I think we, we, we do as well as when God's given direction that would help us in our pursuit of joy and satisfaction in him. We think that anything that would, um, quote unquote, like hinder us, you know, okay, don't eat of that tree. Well, we think that is withholding something that would ultimately lead to our satisfaction when God's putting in parameters of going, no, you need this and don't need this so you can be ultimately satisfied in what is best, which is God being glorified and God's presence being with us.
2: Oh my gosh, man, that, that makes me think of just, I mean, right up, it throws up flags and thinking of sexual purity. You know, God has laid out a plan in mm-hmm. scripture. And, you know, we, we were recently doing um, some counseling with a couple, and the one girl was talking about being in eighth grade and being made fun of that she was a virgin. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, excuse me, what? You know, like uh, it, it's heartbreaking. But but the whole idea was, you know, well, if they're not experiencing this, you know, then they're not living. Yeah. You know, you can't tell me just because I'm this age or this age that um, that this isn't OK. But God has laid it out. Why? And, and all of us know now as married people, you know, we understand why he had his design. Yeah. Um, it's perfect. And you either carry scars from those choices or you understand, man. If I would have just been obedient, you know, if we would have been obedient or, you know, I would have saved myself so much. So it wasn't, it wasn't God withholding us. He was leading us to a better reality that's only found in his design. And so we do that in almost everything. You know, it's like, it's like what you look at on the internet. It's all these other things that you just put in there. You think, oh, well, this, this brings me instant gratification, which sin does, but then absolutely it destroys you grabs you, makes you captive, over-promises, and always takes away from you. So what we must do is we must fight sin with the truth of who Jesus
1: Christ is. And it's funny because you definitely have that problem, especially among Christian circles. But then you also have going on the complete opposite end. I mean, using sex as an example is, okay, because, yeah, we shouldn't do it outside the confines of, a god defined marriage you know one man one woman and so we've taken that a lot and said don't do it it's bad it's, it's wrong it's wrong mm-hmm. no there's god has given it as a gift to be enjoyed in the right context and yeah. too many times you know i remember i mean i know when i do premarital counseling a lot of especially the the girls that are in the in in counseling will be like all I've been told is just about how awful it is and all the things that will happen. And, but, you know, just kind of keep going. And, uh, and so some of that is trying to correct that with God's mm. does No, it's a good gift. Just meant to be enjoyed in the right way. Amen. God's not trying to rob you of joy. Sex yeah. is given as it's legitimately a pleasure filling thing that's meant to point us to, to Christ. It's our worship. Yeah. It's yeah, a worship. That's yeah. right. Amen. Yeah. And so we have to, there's a, definitely a balance there of, um, for one, not doing what God said uh, not to do, but then also we also have to balance not putting up restrictions that God didn't put up. You well, know? Like and the Pharisees, right? Exactly. We it add to the Pharise- law. Yeah. 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 It, it
2: becomes fair, good so. point. Yeah.
0: So let's start moving towards what we need to do to find joy in Christ. How, how do we do that? It seems easy to sit here and say, well, we should be able to do that regardless because we know the things that he has done and his sacrifice and his mercy and his grace. And yet we've already described that this is a, a, a daily struggle oftentimes. So how do we do
2: this? Sure. I, I mean, there's a bunch of places. I know you guys have places to go. I'm thinking uh, right off the bat, I'm thinking John 15, uh, 8 through 11. It says by this, my father's glorified that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples, prove that the Spirit is in you. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love, like dwell in it, think about it, be, be in the Word. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be full in you and that your joy may be full so that's <laughs> that's our standard. That's what we go to. We we understand that we are loved by God. To to go around and never have positive moments or never have joy in your life is to deny who you are in Christ. Yeah. And if it's and if that's impossible for you, then you need to question your position in the Lord. And if you know Christ, um, we talk about Jesus and and enduring the cross. You know despising the shame but for the joy he went so it's like it's all of these areas it's what jesus did it's how he experienced life and it went in every area and what he was doing is just like in the boat he was trusting in the sovereignty of his holy father that he was good and was working things out for his his glory and and for our good and we've got to remember that despite the situation like i'm just so thankful for our, our but god series that we've been putting on with these amazing interviews because it just shows that God writes the best stories out of the darkest situations and we can simply trust, you know, even when we don't see a way and me, even when we don't see the way in the end, we can understand our God is good and he can change this and take it and redeem it just like he has our own souls.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, to, to find joy in Christ, we've got to delight in him. In order to delight in him, we've got to know him. Amen. We've got so to be in his the word. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and going back to the point of obedience, uh, once again, obedience kind of has this like almost derogatory term. If I'm obeying, it's a, it's a discipline that I'm not enjoying. But I mean, John kind of echoes what he says in John 15 and first John five, when he says, by this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. And so You know, I I think of, there's so many things that my parents told me to do that I just didn't like doing, right? There's so many times that um, I was told to take out the trash that I didn't want to. But then I also think of, like, the way God works is he transforms our hearts into delighting to do what he's commanded Mm -hmm. us to do. That's That's a true gauge of if you're a follower of Jesus or not, if you delight to do whatever God is calling you to do. And it's not a burdensome thing. It's not a tiring thing. It's not a, I have to do this today. It's, it's, I get to do this today. I'm able to, by the grace of God, walk in obedience to his commands. It's a, it's a joy giving thing. That's, that's a wonderful truth about the gospel is God doesn't just give us joy for what is the end game. You know, what I'm, what I'm getting in because of my heart being transformed and and the obedience that I Um, that I'm walking in but he also he transforms the obedience itself into a non-burdensome process into a joy-filled process and so you know it it would be like my parents being like Jonathan go play soccer in the front yard for an hour you know and like really that's a command yeah okay (laughs) it it would be something like like something that I just love to do as a child my parents being like you got to do that and that's that's kind of the, what, what we have from the father is he's giving us commands that are not, um, a heavy yoke upon our, body, our Amen. back.
2: Amen. It makes me think of David, like while you're speaking there, like he, the picture of the gospel that he have had was so less full of what we have. We have the rest of the scriptures after his life. And he's talking about, Lord, I delight in your law. Yeah. Like this, I, you know, I know we say it a lot, but like, all the places we skip in Scripture, mm-hmm. he was like, oh, man, I love <laughs> the law. I love hearing about your law. And, and he was worshiping through that. Yeah. And so what is that? If he is a man after God's own heart, what is he showing us? Mm-hmm. What is he pointing us to? There is delight in God's plan because God's plan is perfect.
0: And, and joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So just like love and peace and patience and kindness and all of those things, joy is something that will come forth or that we will bear if we are truly in Christ.
1: Yeah, and once again, kind of going back to the David thing, I mean, that's from Psalm 119, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's joy in obedience, joy being a fruit of the Spirit. Well, there's joy in God's Word, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the place that we learn how to find joy in God is and how God's revealed Himself to us in His Word. And mm-hmm. I think of yes. Psalm 119, and I just have a few examples from the largest chapter in the Bible. but <laughs> um, So I'm not going to read the whole Could thing. More. Yes. Like there, there's plenty more examples just from this chapter of David's delight in God's word and God's law. But Amen. he says in verse 16, I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your words. Verse 18, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Verse 24, your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. Verse 35, lead me in the path of your commandments for I delight in it. Verse 47. For I delight in your commandments, which I love. Verse 50. This is my comfort and affliction that your promises give me life. And verse 68, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. And we're not even halfway through the psalm. <laughs> uh, and, and you have all those powerful uh, testimonies that God's word and God's law is go- good. God is good and he does good. And I think, you know, many of us, uh, and, and I'm including myself in this, but I, I've had conversations with with students and, and friends that they're just, they're overwhelmed, you know, and they feel like they don't have, they, they're, they're not happy. You know, it seems like there's just no joy in their life. And you'll ask the question, well, are you reading God's word? Well, I mean, no, I'm just, I've just been too busy. I haven't made time to do it. Well, you know, kind of go down the list of excuses? And I'm thinking, well, no wonder you are seemingly joyless right now because you're looking everywhere else in the world for joy. And then you're mad that you don't have joy in Christ when he's given you his word to be one of the ways that we find joy in him. I think of what David says in uh, verse 37 of Psalm 119, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. So life in God's ways versus putting our eyes on worthless things and we we need to spend time in God's word. We need to make time for God's word. If if you're too busy for God's word, uh, cut something out. Nothing's more important than that. And and we need to make sure that we we know. Hey, joy is found here. Um, it's not. Once again, it's not joy robbing to to be in God's word.
2: Yeah, I think. <clears throat> don't we see, like I think even people who would truly truly follow Christ and not not just to add him onto their life for fire insurance. All of us end up falling into this trap of, Okay, I've got you now I know I'm in Christ, so now I'm gonna add like my taste to the thing, you know, and do what I wanna do. And then there's always this this conflict within us that's unresolvable because again God is not going to allow us to have a lesser joy than Him. Like yeah. our greatest joys in Him. So um, what we need to be sure is, as, as Pastor was just saying, you know, it's, it's those simple things that you hear every day in church, but it's repeated because we don't do them often, and, and not like we should. We need to know the word, and we need to be in prayer. Prayer is for changing of our hearts, it's leading us to truth, it's showing us the heart of God. Mm-hmm. And, and if we're neglecting those things, our lifelines, then we're going to starve out. Like spiritually, we will die out. It's not that you've placed too many things on your, uh, your to-do list, which you may have. It's the fact that your strength that you're drawing from is failing. And God is not going to allow that. He loves you too much. So we need to go back to the basics, dig in. And because what, what you'll normally see when folks do that, when they get back into their relationship and being serious about it, um, God blesses. Yeah. Like he brings that peace. And and just like, you know, everyone else, you know, we then walk away. So we what we must do is remember to be in the word because then that will ground us in the truth of his joy no matter what happens.
0: Yeah. Fact, I got some verses from Philippians. Well, I had them and I just lost them. There they are. That I wanted to read is from Philippians chapter four, starting in verse four. It's a pretty easy command. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness—reasonableness—whatever. Easy for you to say. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't me. Sorry. We're all due one. (laughs) want to show. Uh, Let it be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. I mean, that that seems— so simple to just sit there and read, but we, we struggle with this. Mm -hmm. Um, but that is some serious encouragement, no matter what's going on, because we can go to God in prayer, um, because we can lay our burdens on him. And because we know that he's in control of those, we can rejoice always.
1: Yeah. And and that's, you know, Paul's saying rejoice in the Lord always. And then he emphatically says yeah once wasn't enough he wanted you to hear it again again i say rejoice so i mean a couple things there if it's worth repeating we know it's important but then he but then he also he says rejoice in the lord always and then he goes on to say in philippians 4 you know that's where he's talking about i've learned in every situation to be content whether i have everything or nothing whether i'm imprisoned or whether i'm free whether i'm clothed or whether i'm naked hungry or fed I, i can do all things through him who gives me strength and so there's a there's a beauty in the presence of God that, that we know that we can be joyful because God's presence is better than life and I, I think of uh, I think it's a KB maybe that says a, another rapper um, he says I'd rather be in the jungle in the will of God than anywhere outside it mm. and it, it makes me think of Exodus 33 this time in Israel's life where you know they've they've been delivered from Egypt. And Moses goes up to get the Ten Commandments. And while he's up there, they decide he's been up there a while. Maybe he's, not, maybe he's not doing well. So they make a golden calf worship it right. And Moses comes down, breaks all Ten Commandments at once, you know, the most evil act and, you know, the that joke of the day. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Aaron's like, well, I just threw the gold in there and out came this calf. We worshiped it. And they even, they assert to that calf the things that God did. Here is your God who delivered you from the hands of the Egyptians. Worship, worship him. And so God's gonna judge the people of Israel for this. And his judgment is to give them what he promised them, which is the land. But he's not gonna go with them. That's his judgment. And I think a lot of people will be like, I still get the land? Okay. Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. But Moses rightly discerns it. And I love what he says. <clears throat> In verse 13 through 16 of Exodus 33, he says, Now therefore, praying to God, if I've found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways, that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, and he said God said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, so Moses says, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here.
2: Mm,
1: that's good. Wow. Amen. I mean, think about where they were. In the desert, wandering around, when they know a land of milk and honey is just on the cusp there. And he says, don't bring us up from here if you don't go with us. And so he knows better, be, better to be in the desert with God than in the land of blessing without him. Uh, and that's the all-important thing is joy. Joy ultimately is not found in God's blessings on our life. Joy is found in God himself. Mm-hmm. And so we, we need the presence of God. We need the presence of Jesus Christ in us in order to really have joy. And that's the piece that surpasses all understanding.
0: Going back, I think, Aaron, you mentioned our But God series and just being in the room with the people as they they go through that. um, I was thinking as we were kind of prepping for this, uh, the verses that came to mind here and in thought of those people who sit in here and just tell us about some seriously awful situations that they found themselves in, I think of... Um, James chapter 1 it says count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness count it all joy that humanly speaking like that is, that sounds like complete nonsense yeah you know like no matter how terrible your life is just count that joy it's awesome yeah. you know that yeah. but yeah, that's right. obviously we know that um it's humanly not possible it's it's god that allows that to happen mm-hmm. and and we can only find the joy in the midst of those trials and in those terrible situations and we all have bad situations you know maybe they don't in our eyes they don't meet the the same standard as the as people who share with us here but we still should find joy in those situations regardless yeah. because of who christ is
2: amen and it it begins and it ends. I mean, I think we could bottom line this, right? It begins and ends with the cross. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. it. If, if you undervalue what Christ has done with you uh, and for you, you're going to struggle with joy. I mean, that's, there's just no way around it. If you truly value that you are yours and you are Christ's, and he keeps you, none steals you out of his hand, that he will finish the work that he's began, then that's a life-altering joy that will, that will not be shaken no matter what comes at you. And I, the last scripture that I want to share is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, right? look into the cross, looking to Christ, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, I know we referenced this earlier, but it's just so good, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God forever. Like that's settled, that's done. He's seated because his work is finished and it's finished for you, child. Like if you're trusting in the victory of Jesus on the cross, you know, you will have joy. But if, if you're trying to trust in yourself or something you add to that or some sort of work or, or anything like that, Then you understand your joy will not be perfect. You may be fooled for a while, but you will be led to the depths. And you will be led to the depths by a loving God who will not allow you to settle for lesser joys. And I'm just, I'm thankful for the cross today because this is what we have to point to all folks. No matter what momentary, temporary afflictions that we have in this world, um, the beauty of what lies ahead of us is incomparable. And that's a truth that's only found through the cross of Jesus Christ.
1: Amen. And joy and struggle are not sitting in contrast to one another. You can have joy even in the midst of struggle. Now, joy doesn't mean you're just smiling, like, oh, yay, found out I had cancer or my loved one died or, you know, I'm going through this traumatic experience or I'm in the result, the consequences of my sin. It doesn't mean that you're just happy about it, you know. Right.
2: Read the rest of the Psalms. Right. Right. Exactly.
1: (laughs) It doesn't mean that, but it knows, but joy knows in the middle of the trial, I can rejoice because the trial is not meaningless. Mm-hmm. And like James says, he goes on to say, let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect to complete lacking in nothing. So if the goal is to be more like Jesus, then I can rejoice that trials are teaching me that satisfaction in Jesus is my best it's best for me mm-hmm. and so i I can at least gladly know i don't i don't necessarily have to be glad that i'm going through it glad that it just happened to me, but I can be glad that it's not just a meaningless circumstance I think of of paul's words in second Corinthians eleven when he talks about everything that's happened to him right. <laughs> And most just,
2: of his stuff was written in jail, yeah, right? Yeah. About joy It's right. Right. pretty amazing.
1: And <laughs> I think of like I just want to read some of the list, right? So he says he says three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, which doesn't mean what it means today. <laughs> um, <laughs> three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent <clears throat> on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people. Danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, and toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, and hunger and thirst, often without food, and cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there's the daily pressure on my life of, the, of my anxiety for all the churches. Like, that's a lot. Pastor's trying to, like, drop I'm, our remix over here. I'm like,
2: <laughs> listen, put that in your pipe and smoke <laughs> it, is what he just says. Yeah. Well, you have a bad day? Did yeah. someone offend you? Aw. I, you know, they beat the snot out of me like 40 times, you know, like you have no idea.
1: I keep, yeah, all these things. And then (laughs) as if that was enough, then he goes on just a few verses later in chapter 12 to say, like, I've had a thorn in my flesh and three times I've asked God to deliver, deliver me from it. And he says, what I heard is my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in oh. your weakness. And he says, therefore, yes. I boast all the more in my weaknesses because when I'm weak, I'm strong. And what he's saying there is all the hardships of life are worth it if they tell the story of God's grace that wouldn't be told without it. Mm. Like there's a powerful story. It's, it's what Joseph tells his brothers, right? Look, don't be sad because God brought me here. For to save many people. Yeah. And he says, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. And so Joseph rejoiced even in the middle of trial and even seeing the ultimate, the the goal of it. But we know that I can rejoice in my trials because it's producing in me something that I wouldn't have without them. I need to be reminded of how Jesus Christ alone is enough. And sometimes that means I have to go through things that I wouldn't, I wouldn't know that otherwise. And that's a grace of God. And you know, I, I, it's a hard prayer to pray, but I pray it a lot. I'm going to pray it tomorrow when I preach, but God save us now from finding joy and satisfaction in anything other than you, we want you. And so if that means taking something away, I pray father that you would take it away and that might be hard, but we know it's not meaningless.
2: Yeah, this I mean, this is just another area where theology matters, right? Like, and I think that may be part of the depth of our struggle here, but if we simply have a God who's just doing his best with the cards that he's been dealt, you know what I mean? He's just trying his hardest and, you know, he, he really means well, but he can't really accomplish anything. Then there's reason to be depressed because, you know, this is as good as it gets here, yeah. but at Eden chapel and, and all around the world, we don't believe that this is the God of Scripture. Our God is in control. He does whatever He pleases. He's working all things, all things to our good, for our good, and ultimately for His glory. When you have that foundation, when you understand that He's not simply doing His best, but He is sovereign, then you have the peace in the midst of any storm.
0: I, th- I think that's a good place to kind of to stop there and and just let that soak in. Um, So as we kind of wrap this up, do you guys have any other final thoughts that you want to
1: add? I know that was pretty good stuff right there at the end. Yeah. I I would just to overall, my big thing would say in Christian hedonism, we believe that Jesus is not uh, the worst of, of either choosing what's in the world or, or him like he's the best thing that could ever happen. So denying things that would lessen our joy is a good thing when ultimate true satisfaction, pleasure, joy are found in in Christ.
0: And and this kind of will follow up with our episode that's coming out next week. um, A week from when you hear this one, uh, because a lot of times uh, we find our or we try to find, I guess I should say our joy in the things of the world, the enemies that we'll be discussing on the podcast following this one. And so uh, stay tuned, and, and we will we will go through that. But uh, if there are no final thoughts, uh, Johnny, will you close us in
1: prayer? Yeah. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for the truth in your word. We thank you that we can delight in your law, your statutes. And I, I pray that for everyone listening. I pray that we would find joy in you, that we would believe the truth, That it's better to be in the wilderness but with you than anywhere else and not with you. God, we thank you that we see this exemplified mostly in your son Jesus who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is now seated at your right hand. Help us to cling to a Savior who has gone through more than we could ever go through and know that You are working all things together for our good and for your glory. And so I pray that you would keep us from looking at worthless things. Help us to fix our eyes on you. And Father, give us the strength, give us the grace to obey you, knowing that you're never going to give us anything that would cause burden upon us, knowing that it is going to be a good thing to follow you. We love you. We thank you for this time. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Again, um, thank you for sharing the knowledge today, and thank goodness that there is joy in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you are outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.